My name is Becky Taylor and I'm a transformational coach dedicated to helping you become the very best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with incredible people from all around the globe who have been massively influential in my life in the hope that their knowledge can in some way benefit you. Along with life-changing conversations, I'll be sharing my ever-expanding knowledge from years of studying the mind, body and spirit, as well as incredible breakthroughs experienced by clients. I'm constantly in awe of the power of our minds and love tapping in and making change on a subconscious level. So if growth and evolution are the essence of who you are, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Be Your Best Self podcast. On this episode, I've got the incredible Laurie Daniel Falk from Madison, Wisconsin joining me. Laurie is an epigenetic healing artist, author, and coach who has been gifted with an artistic healing modality that enables her to communicate with and share the wisdom of the angels in both pictures and words. Laurie's angelic message portraits are not just images of beauty, they are epigenetic tools designed to help heal at a deep emotional level. They bring a feeling of wonderment and inspiration to all who view them, and to date, have been found in homes in 25 countries around the world. They've also graced the covers of numerous magazines, have been a regular feature on the Daily Om, and are exhibited at Hay House Publishing Conferences around the country. Laurie is a graduate of the School of Spiritual Psychology, is a spiritual life coach and Reiki master, and has been featured as a guest on both radio and television. Prior to embarking on this spiritual journey, though, Laurie was the editor and publisher of the international trade publication, RTW Review, Ready to Wear Review. This publication would provide retailers with the fashion industry's pertinent monthly news. Utilising her years of experience as a fashion buyer and retail manager, as well as her expertise in citing emerging trends, Laurie was often referred to as the go-to person in the retail fashion industry, and during that time, she wrote a series of books on retailing. Laurie openly shares that, like many of us, she too has experienced the joys and hard knocks of life. She says she's grateful for all of it, the ups as well as the downs, for it is the life wisdom she's gained from these experiences that enables her to better assist her clients in achieving their goals. The rich array of transformational tools Laurie shares with clients have been self-tested and proven effective. Laurie knows these processes work and it is with extreme joy that she shares them with the world. When combined with heartfelt love and compassion, these tools have generated life-altering results for her clients that have enabled them to go after their dreams and feel the beauty and wonderment of a balanced, successful and joyful life. Who wouldn't want to experience that? Now, Laurie and I have known each other for a couple of years now, having met through Dr. Darren Wiseman, whom we both studied under. And we've connected on many occasions, both doing our best to move our bright lights in the same direction, in the direction to help others be the best version of themselves. So I'm incredibly excited for Laurie to join me on this 
podcast today to chat. It's incredibly insightful. I have had so many mind-blowing moments chatting to Laurie, so I'm so excited for more to come. Let's not waste any more time and get started. Laurie, thanks so much for being open to chatting today. I'm so excited and grateful for you to share your time and wisdom with us. And I have no doubt that all of our listeners will be a much better versions of themselves by the end of the show. You are so kind, Becky. I'm honored to be here and thrilled. Every time you and I get together, I just, I can't take this smile off my face. So thank you. And hello, Australia. (laughs) And hopefully extend out through the world as well, not just us Aussies. Yeah. So before we get started, though, I like to ask all of my guests a question. And the reason for this is I find so many of my coaching clients terrified to um, of allowing themselves to do this one thing and even more afraid of other people seeing them do that. And that one thing, believe it or not, is crying. So if you wouldn't mind, if you feel comfortable, of course, would you mind sharing with our listeners when the last time was that you cried, um, what was sort of going on and your thoughts around why you think people struggle so much to let, um, I guess, emotion express itself through tears? Well, that is an interesting question that probably I wasn't prepared for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, I believe it was um, probably only a week ago and I was at a conference and I had I had expectations of how how it was going to end. And those expectations weren't met due to uncontrollable and unforeseen things that played out and I woke up that morning and I, I wondered why I was taking up space on the planet. Because I just thought, like, oh, my God, I had this all figured out. It was so logical. It all made so much sense. And it, it did. I wouldn't say that it bombed, but it just didn't go at all the way I had expected it to. And, and I just I just I took the responsibility on myself and I just felt terrible. And to be honest with you, Becky, I was probably because I had worked a 14 hour day the day before I had been building up for this conference for a long time and I was exhausted. Right. So, but you know, you have to let those tears out. And, and I always might, you know, I know when my clients cry that we're really doing good work. Mm-hmm. You know, they always apologize when they cry. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is exactly what we need, right? Yeah. You feel it here. And then when you go out there, you're going to be a star in the world. So it's pretty incredible and pretty important that we, we just be vulnerable and share our emotions as, as they emerge. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I was um, crying a couple of nights ago watching a documentary on TV um, and it just really touched me and I was just laying in bed just crying you know and just sitting with it Um, yeah I find it really enjoyable these days because there was a time um, quite a few years ago now but that I was terrified of crying I thought that if I started I'd never be able to stop because I just had so much um, bottled up emotion but yeah it's a really healthy beautiful way to express it and it's nice to get to a place as well where you feel really comfortable within yourself, um, yeah, to be able to do that. So thanks for sharing. You're welcome. You're most welcome. So you first, always surprise me, Becky. <laughs> I never know what's going to be next with you. <laughs> 
So we'll get started, I guess, first of all, by talking about um, what you do. So you're an author, an artist, um, thought leader, coach, but let's just first of all talk about being an epigenetic healing artist, because I know a lot of my listeners are probably like, okay, healing artists, that makes sense. Artists definitely makes sense. Epigenetic healing artists. First of all, what is or are epigenetics? And then how is that incorporated with um, being an artist? All right. So it's, it's based on Dr. Bruce Lipton's work. He's studied for years and years and years and has proven in the laboratory that it's not our genes and DNA that create disease, the environment that they're in. And what happens to us as humans, it's not just the food we eat, it's not just the supplements we take, it's not just the exercise, it's the chemical reactions that are set off by our thoughts and beliefs. And I tell you what, I didn't really understand that at first, but the more awareness I have of it, like when you cry, or when you're scared, tune in and you can actually feel a physical reaction taking place throughout your entire body. And that's because different chemicals have been set off. So in my line of work as a coach and the amount of time I've dealt with people's subconscious programming, I understood that if we could get to that emotional level, we could really either prevent disease patterns from manifesting, or we could actually um, help heal them. And I've seen it happen both ways, right? So epigenetics is, is, for me, it's the emotional healing piece. It's many different things because it, it's all about the environment. So what we're talking about is your, your body, the environment that those genes are in, your bloodstream, right? So how healthy is the physical body? And so my work as a coach and an artist is at that deep emotional level. And I got to tell you, I mean, I'll be honest with you for years. First, I started as a coach, thought I had the best job in the world. Really? No kidding. Cause I got to help people find their joy, right? You get that. You do that in your work. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting these taps on the shoulder and this channeled messages to draw. And I had no experience as an artist. It was not on my radar screen. I had no intention of ever becoming an artist. It was just not. And so I ignored these messages for the longest time. Six months go by, they're still coming. And finally, I, I turned myself over to this work. And it's magical the way it's all played out. But tying us back to your question, I walked around for several years going, okay, I'm coaching one day and I'm doing this great art the other day. And I knew that the art was helping people at an emotional level, but it wasn't until probably five years in that when I took the deep dive with Bruce Lipton and understood epigenetics, that it all made sense because this artwork is so profound. You know, and I'm going to, I'll be honest with you. I'll share with you my deepest most amazing awareness that occurred with this. I, um, when I was a young girl, I was sexually abused mm-hmm. and it had impacted my life in, in numerous ways. And I got tired of it and I wanted to heal from it. And I worked and done a lot of therapy on it. And I said to my therapist one day, I'm done with this. 
It's got to get cleared, whether we have to do breath work, whether we have to do EFT, whatever it is we have to do, because she was pretty progressive. I need to do it because I'm done having this impact my life. And she said, I think you need to go home and do one of those portraits. And I said, so let me get this straight. I'm paying you to tell me to go home and do my own work. And she said, yeah, pretty much. So I went home and I did this, this angel and she's the abuse healing angel. And she's kneeling and she's crying this infinity river of tears. And it, it literally the tears are falling down and the foundation that she's kneeling on is this river of tears. And it's not until she can let the, emotion art out from her heart that the sun comes out around her and she can heal. So I, I bawled through the whole thing. Talk about crying. I <laughs> cried through that entire process. And then when it was done, I'm like, okay, I popped it into a frame and put it on the wall in my bedroom. I thought, what better place to heal from sexual abuse? You know, mm -hmm. seemed logical to me. Becky, I couldn't sleep. Several nights it was in there and I was just I couldn't sleep. So, all right, I'll move it to the living room. I couldn't sit in the living room. I was just agitated. That's the power of this. Now, what happened next baffled me. I put it in the foyer because I wanted to be able to relax before I went to bed and got a good night's sleep now. And I put it in the foyer and I was working out of my home at the time and, and people would come up the stairs and there was this piece of art and I had two clients walk in within a couple of weeks of me hanging it there and they started sobbing. They had no idea what it was, what it was designed for. Both of these clients had been sexually abused. Wow. And so that taught me the incredible power of this work and that it absolutely didn't matter who it was designed for. As long as the issue was the same, it was encoded with emotional healing energy that would work with people at a deep heart level and get into that subconscious in a nonlinear way, right? The, the cognitive mind was out of the picture because when art, all art is an epigenetic healing tool, really, if you think about it from that perspective, because all art moves people at an emotional level. So it's going to do something to the subconscious and who knows what that's going to be. And yeah. it's, it's been fascinating. And I actually wrote an article, as I was mentioning to you, as we were talking before we started the recording, writing is really my forte. So I actually authored an article on art as an epigenetic healing tool that got published nonetheless in the American Cancer Executives Newsletter. Like, okay, clearly, clearly the science people are getting that this is so vitally important. So, yeah. and I so, think, yeah, a lot of people can probably relate to what you're talking about when you just think about art, you know, general art, you know, you go to a, an art studio or a gallery and, you know, whether you've experienced that for yourself or whether you've seen people experience it on movies they go there and they're just captivated captivated by this piece of art and they're right. really moved by it and they're just so drawn to it you know and they're like no I need to have that and so I guess that all comes down to as well the artist whether it be for healing purposes or just to connect with people the intention when they're creating that piece of artwork I suppose is captured 
within it and then expresses itself then when people see and experience it. So I guess this is just a more scientific, a healing way, you know, of ex- of explaining it or expressing that, which we, I guess, know in the mainstream world that we live in, that the effect that art has on people. That makes yeah. sense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would be lying if I didn't admit that I never know what I'm doing when I sit down to do one of these portraits and that I'm just the functionary. It just comes through me. It's channeled. There's no doubt about it. I've worked with, a, with an amazing team of angels that helped me bring this art into the world. And they're the ones that are, because each piece gets built in layers. In fact, if people go to my website, wisdomoftheangels.com, they can actually see the creation process and the layers that go into these portraits. It's, 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 it's because it's what they're putting behind what you see that's really doing the, the healing. So I never know what it's going to look like. And, and it's so encoded. But for me, to be able to then scientifically explain it meant the world to me. Right, And then I fit with my coaching and I could see. Because each one of these portraits, I've asked a question. So the intention is like, what do we need to know about world peace? What do we need to know about inner peace? How do we help people heal when a loved one's committed suicide? I mean, there's a lot of intense emotional pieces that I've done. And to watch the incredible healing process of what's happening when people are viewing it. And each one has a story, a message of what, what, what the angels have wanted you to know about how to heal the specific emotion. But that information is on the back. So when I'm at a show, like when I travel with Hay House, I just tell people flip through and let your heart tell you which one is calling to you and then flip it over and look at the message. And Becky, when they do, they're like in shock because it's exactly what their deepest issues are. Yeah. And so how are people able to get their hands on artwork? Does it, you know, you travel around and people are able to come to your shows and have a look and see what they're drawn to and then flip it over and see what the meaning is? Or are are people also able to get in contact with you and say, you know, this is what I'm struggling with at the moment. Are you able to put something together for me? Do you sit down with them and get a bit of a background and, and then, you know, allow that to be channeled through to you as well? Um, as to how to express that and put that down, you know, on paper. Is that what you do as well? Like work one-on-one with clients too? That's actually where it gets really amazing because they get to ask, like, how can I have a healthier relationship or, you know, what's my life purpose or where do I go from here? How, how can I help my family be happier? And then I actually, we do an invocation call in the angels and I pose that question to the angelic realm and I'm given the message. So they verb, verbally hear it and their cognitive mind is satisfied, if you will. And then once that process is done, that wisdom is what's getting encoded into a custom piece designed to work with them at a heart level. And it actually is it's designed to help them become the next greatest version of themselves and to help them really, it's like that angel is a representation of who they're becoming. And it holds the space for them to move into that greater version of themselves. 
And it's just magical. And I do that with people all around the world. We do it just like we're doing this now. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin in the United States and you're over in Australia. And we are so blessed to live in this day and age where we have things like Zoom that are just incredible. And yeah, so I've, I've done them for people all over the world. And it's just like being in my art studio. It's very cool. When we're doing the, the actual angel reading and we're conversing, we'll do it like this. And, and then when it's time to actually do the artwork, they're still on with me. And I just move the computer over to the side and angle the camera right at the paper so that they get to watch the whole process and see it develop. And then I take screenshots of the different layers and send them via messenger or text, depending on where they are in the world. And they get to see those and have those as a memory as well. So, and people have called me and been like, oh my God, this has helped me so much. Or, oh, Lori, this angel is changing. And, you know, okay, maybe, but probably they're changing. So how they see it is different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's perception, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling massively drawn towards this at the moment because I'm working on a part of me that's been there for, um, for protective reasons, of course, you know, um, for probably about eight years now. Um, and I've been just, I'm just loving Tony Robbins at the moment and um, looking at the different parts of ourselves um, you know, and giving them a name and looking what their traits are and their purpose. And so I have this protective part of me who's, I guess, quite um, prudish, but in, in, a, in a protective way, wanting to keep me safe. And um, so I still struggle with being open to, I guess, sexual and physical intimacy at times because this part of me just kicks in so it's been really interesting for me to look at that and to remind myself that it's just a part of me but right. to really get to know that part and appreciate what it's been doing but I've, I'm feeling so drawn to working with you now to having an angel done for me for that part because I feel like you know she needs some support and love and appreciation because what she's done for like eight years has been so incredibly powerful it's just outdated now (laughs) but it's just so strong and when it was you know when she initially turned up I suppose she needed to just be this force to be reckoned with and just so no you know like so many strong boundaries to enable me to emotionally and psychologically heal um, which has been incredible. So, yeah, I think we'll definitely have to talk some more after this because I think that would be something um, really special. And then I guess as well, um, you know, looking at, I guess, really personalised things like that, but then you you obviously have certain pieces of art that could work for lots of different people with the similar sort of, I guess, trauma or issue. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I, the, when we go to the website, there's about 50 angels on there that address everything from inner peace to world peace, right? And those, I say, have global energy or universal energy and will help anyone. And then these custom pieces are specifically designed and encoded to work with you at that deep emotional subconscious level. And, and then you don't have to think about it. It's just there and it's doing its job. You know, it's wonderful. And 
And yet, like with the abuse healing angel, it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter that it was made for me. It was helping everyone else. And I'll give you an example of another angel. I just happened to have it on a coffee mug. This is the dancing star angel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I had a client. We were in the middle of a coaching session. And I got very clearly and very loudly, you need to take her to the studio upstairs and create an angelic message portrait for her. Why are you not using your most powerful tool? Okay, so the fear was she had a terrible stage fright and she was going to a national dance competition in five days. We've been working on clearing this stage fright for two months through every other method that I had up my sleeve. And so we went upstairs, created that angel. She took, um, she didn't want to take the original with her, so she took pictures of it and took the pictures with her. She won in an age classification 10 years below her actual age. She won the national competition. I mean, she then subsequently, like, had that angel hanging up, obviously, in her home, her office, wherever she would needed it the most. And she had it made into little, like a little talisman that she could take with her when she's traveling around doing this. And at one point, I, she's, she's a dear friend of mine. I said, can we just put this in the line? And she said, of course. So it's, and it's designed to help anyone and everyone with stage fright. Yeah become a dancing star, become that amazing aspect of themselves that they're terrified of becoming. So I would be so honored to do one for you, Becky. Oh my God, that was just rock. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Cause I'm, I'm right in it at the moment. I'm just, I'm really focusing on it and yeah, exploring it more. And it's so funny because um, everything just naturally comes to me. The next thing that I need Um you know, whether it be a YouTube video or, a, you know, a post um, or meeting or chatting to somebody, you know, even just this conversation, um, mm-hmm. things just organically come to us if we're open to it. And also if we acknowledge them for what they are. Um, and so I'm just finding that every single day, you know, it's just allowing me to peel back another layer and, you know, obviously understanding, you know, the subconscious mind and, you know, protective mechanisms and these patterns and triggers and you know have known that for a long time Um, but obviously this part of me is just um, really getting ready to I guess have a different role Um, and it was only in a a session I had a a rapid transformational therapy session with um, an incredible practitioner about three or four weeks ago to focus on, you know, peeling back another layer of this fear around physical intimacy that I still carry. And when, you know, accessing my subconscious mind and realising, you know, the role that that part of me has played, you know, it put up almost like a shield to protect me, to allow me to experience and develop emotional and psychological intimacy, which at that point in time had those are the aspects of the previous relationship that had caused the most trauma. It wasn't physical, even though I had had physical abuse previously, it was emotional and psychological. So it's like, you know, we have these different kinds of intimacy that allow us to get close to people. 
and having that in such a damaged state, um, you know, this my mind has gone, okay, well, we need some sort of protection here. We know that she wants to meet somebody and, and get into another relationship eventually, but she's terrified of being emotionally hurt and psychologically manipulated. So what are we going to do to help her? Okay, well, we'll put this physical barrier, you know, we'll, we'll make her physical boundaries so strong she will feel safe with those at least and in control of those to then allow her to emotionally and psychologically get closer. And it all just came out. But the interesting thing was, you know, when I was, when I was asked, you know, are you ready to let this part of you go, the protective part, the answer was no. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, and then I'm like, okay, now it's time to nurture and appreciate and, you know, focus on this a little bit more and just organically allow that part of me to move to the place where it is ready, you know, to let go, not forcibly because that's, um, you know, that's traumatic in itself. But it's been really interesting. So I'm loving this conversation because I feel like this is going to be another step in the right direction for me. I just love it when you have light bulb moments like that. We know. It's, it's awesome. It really is. It really is. And, you know, the other thing that I do that I'd, I'd love to share with you are these epigenetic prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Now again, it's that big word, epigenetics. But you know what? I got to tell you and the world, get used to it because that word is going to become a household name in the years to come. So, so epigenetic prescriptions. This was another download that I got, kind of like Dr. Darren Weissman got downloaded with the entire lifeline process. Yep. I got downloaded with the art and then this epigenetic prescription prescription. And so what we do is we, we look at the, um, I either do short sessions or longer sessions. And in your case, let's just look at that. We would look at that specific issue and go, okay, if that's the issue then that's going on there, what are the main emotions on board? And then we'd find aromatherapy essential oils mm-hmm. to help release that emotion. And then we would find the self-eggio tones in sound healing that would just bust that up in the subconscious. And then we would find the artwork that would help heal at a heart level and then maybe create some affirmations. And I, I say, and then maybe, cause that's the last piece because those affirmations alone aren't nearly as powerful as the combination of all four of those pieces. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's the short, you know, version of it when we're looking just at somebody's, got an issue they want to fix or heal that's Mm -hmm. that's stuck and then you know we can incorporate that right into doing a custom portrait as well you know like once we get that custom portrait done we know what the angels are going to tell you then as far as what what really needs to be addressed what is it where's that deep deep trigger Mm -hmm. and you know we could just like blow this out of the water girlfriend absolutely (laughs) maybe we should film it (laughs) Oh my God, would that be a riot? I would yeah. love to. I'd yeah. love to. I'm happy to do that. Okay, cool. Watch this space, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, and that's the thing too, you know, and I, and I know what you mean about epigenetics. I um, came across Dr. Darren, I think the same way you did, through Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just always been so drawn to Bruce's work. He's incredible. And I came across him while I was in the process of reversing um, an autoimmune disease which I did um in six months time and it hasn't returned which is really cool and um another story for another time but just the way that I sort of simplify it and explain it to people you know our thought and our thoughts 
ultimately create our emotional state. But, you know, if you just think about someone that you really dislike or if you just think of the word hate, like hate, when you say that and think that, you can feel your body physically responding. Yes. Whereas if you go, oh, love, love, peace, joy, you feel a lightness, you know, that right there is exactly what it is. And I love how you incorporate, you know, all of the different senses to access, you know, the root of that, you know, with the oils, um, you know, with the affirmations, um, with the sound, because that's ultimately how, you know, this whole thing with epigenetics is it all comes from our environment and that is from our senses, which then, you know, trigger us on a cellular level as well. Like it's so incredible and it, it is, you know, it is quite in-depth and scientific, but it also I think too can be broken down really simply so people can understand it um, too, which is happening more and more and more, which is something that you definitely do as well. And the same as the connection between you know, you go to a gallery, you know, and see how you feel when you just see different pieces of art. It's the same thing, you know. Right. You're experiencing right. that on a physical and emotional level because of what your senses perceive about that. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of Bruce Lipton, if, if your listeners were to go to my um, my new website, which is headtoheartheeling.com, and it's head and the number two, Healing.com. there in go to the coat the either the coaching page or the epigenetic page might be on both there's actually a short video of bruce describing the intense emotional perspective of love and fear mm-hmm. and on an epigenetic level it's only a couple of minutes but he's you know he's so good at explaining this and he basically says choose, choose love and your life is going to be amazing and expansive. Choose fear and it's game over. Yep. Wow. Yes. I mean, like you hear that and you just go, I can't afford to be in those lower frequency emotions. I've got to shift whatever's going on in that subconscious, whatever old tapes, whatever old stories, whatever it is. Like it's just not serving us if it's putting us in anything that's fear related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And he, yeah, he's amazing. He's, when I first came across him, my mind was just blown. And it, but at the same time, it's like, well, duh, like that makes perfect sense. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. funny. Um, okay. So sort of taking a few steps back a little bit, but I want our listeners to learn and for me to learn even more as well. How did you, what led you to become a coach in the first place? And were you, um, you know, were you writing? Were you an author to begin with? What's your career look like? What's your journey look like? And how has one piece moved into the next? Oh, my. It's been a wild ride, that's for sure. So um, in a nutshell, I was told by my parents that I was going to get married, have babies, and my husband would support me, and I certainly didn't need to go to college. That was what they said when I came home and said I wanted to be a psychologist and get a master's degree. <laughs> it just, you know, that was the era that I was raised in. And in, a, in the conservative community that I was in, that was what I was told. So we compromised, and I ended up um, going to school and getting a degree in fashion merchandising and marketing. And so I spent the next 20 years 
in the fashion industry in positions from being a, a buyer to actually creating my own trade publication for executives in the retail fashion industry. Because frankly, writing comes so naturally to me, it was so easy. And the biggest issue I had when I was a buyer was I didn't have time to keep abreast of the entire fashion industry news. So if somebody could just summarize it for me once a month, I thought that'd be pretty cool. So that's what I did for other people then. And I Let did that. Let me stop you there for a second, sorry. How What's the conversation that happened where the compromise was wanting to study psychology but then study fashion? You know, they just seem to be at complete opposite. I know. It was a a six-year degree at a university versus a two-year degree at a community college. Okay, yeah. They didn't care if I wasted two years and just a little bit of money. They just didn't want me to waste six years and a lot of money in their minds. That was their, that was their mentality. Yeah. Yeah. Their hearts. Yeah. They were doing the best they could with what they knew at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but here's the, the long and the short of it. I only picked fashion merchandising because I thought, well, it'd be fun. Yeah. Right? It wasn't my, what I wanted to do was help people on the inside. As a young girl, I knew that. And so if I couldn't do that, well, then let's at least have some fun kind of was my attitude. So now I end up in this industry and I was on the board of directors of the Fashion Group International. I was getting invited to the New York collections, which only like a thousand people in the world are going to. So it was, I was right up there in the throes of it. And Becky, those, that industry at that level is so superficial. Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievably superficial. And here I am like this amazing empath and heart-centered girl who wants to help people have better lives. And I'm surrounded by people who are like, oh, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I just, I woke up at 40, not kidding, woke up one day and I said, hemlines go up and hemlines go down and it just doesn't matter. And if I have to write another story about fashion, I might die. Did you find that you... How are you able to still stay true to yourself being in that environment with so many superficial people and so much of that behaviour all the time? Had it influenced you? Like, was it taking its toll on you? What Did you have practices in place to be able to stay grounded? Um, how was it influencing me? I was a consummate yuppie. I was not the girl that you know today. Okay. Um, it had kind of taken over me, but it just... You know, your inner self and your higher self know what you're here to do. And I was so unhappy. I mean, the tears. Oh, my God. Talk about tears. People would say to me, you could go run Vogue magazine at this level with what you're doing. And I'd be like, yeah, but I'd die. Mm-hmm. Because I just, in, inside in my heart, I just knew it was not at all what I wanted. But at 40... What are you going to do? Like I was single and self-employed and I had absolutely no idea how to, how to go from the height of the fashion industry into something else. So, you know, God works miracles. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening was a dark night of the soul. Severe clinical depression, chronic fatigue. I was on the couch for a year. I lost my business. I lost my house. I lost my life savings. I lost my car. I literally was down. $20. I was $20 away from being a bag lady. Not kidding you. Mm-hmm. And 
I just prayed every day, show me what I'm here for. Show me what I'm here for. And all of a sudden, I was led to uh, the School of Spiritual Psychology. I was led to a shaman, someone who studied Christ, uh, mis mystical Christianity. Like all these spiritual teachers showed up. And, you know, and, I, and it was, again, what was it? Spiritual psychology? What had I wanted to be? <laughs> right? So this was my, mind, body, spirit, psychology. Holy crap. Are you kidding me? I dove in. I, I found out about it. And five days later, I was enrolled in a three-year program. Yeah. And had no way to pay for it at that point. And my professor said, don't worry about it. It'll, we'll figure it out. And we did. And I ended up doing his marketing for him for years. So it was, it was phenomenal. You know, it was just phenomenal. And then I got my Reiki attunements and, and all these things opened up. And I was about... A year into the School of Spiritual Psychology, and I was doing a channeled message from my angels, and they said from this day forward, every single piece of marketing material that leaves your office will say spiritual life coach. And I'm like, what is that? Like when you don't know what it is, you know it's divine guidance, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So come to find out that life coaching was the fastest growing service profession in the world at that time. And spiritual life coach was like right up my alley, right? Cause I was just diving into this Reiki and channeling and, and all of anything spiritual just like opened my heart in such a huge way. I think I did my thesis on, I think, I know I did my thesis on angel communication cause it fascinated me so much. So, you know, there you have it. That's how I became a coach. And I, I thought that was it because I loved it. I was like, people would ask me what I did and I'd be like, I have the best job in the entire world. And they'd say, what is it? And I would tell them and they, you know, back then when you'd say that you were a life coach, people would go, you coach what? <laughs> Basketball? What? Life? Like, you know, in the Midwest, nobody knew what that was. On the East Coast, the West Coast, everybody had a coach. Here, nobody knew what it was. And so it just, it, it helped me so much to bring joy into people's lives, to have an ability through the subconscious programs and things that you and I both are involved in. To, back then, nobody was talking about that. So it was pretty cutting edge. But man, to be able to put people through processes that would bring them to a level of joy and, and help them not go through what I went through at that midlife crisis. Oh my God, I thought that was it. And this shaman came and sat in front of me and folded his arms. Now he was like in full Indian regalia. I mean, not kidding you. And, and said, hmm, so you think you have the best job in the world, hey? I said, well, I don't think I do. I know I do. <laughs> and he said, I disagree. What about your joy? Oh, I was not happy with him. I was not happy. And I, I just kind of sat back and I took it in. And that's when I started getting the messages to draw right after that. Mm -hmm. And I saw him a year later and he said, so how's that art coming? I'm like, you could have told me. And he, he goes, oh, no, you were not in the mindset for me to tell you anything remotely like that. So it was just, it was divine. It was absolutely divine.
And the fact of the matter is because I wasn't an artist, because I had no um, intention of becoming an artist, I had to listen. So I was like a clear channel for them. I didn't know how to draw. I had to listen to every single thing they said. And that's how these, these to this day, that's how these pieces get, get created. So when um, you moved from being in the fashion industry to then coaching, did you start coaching? Did you have any clients who were still in or in the fashion industry or moving out of it or experiencing, you know, um, you know, like I guess crashing and burning and having this crisis from being in that superficial industry? Did you have any clients like that because you would have still, I suppose, had connections? I did still have connections, but because of the clinical depression, when, when people go through that particular ailment, it, I think one becomes very reclusive. I call it the secret illness because you don't go out when you're not feeling good. You don't go out when you're having a, a depressive episode, you hide. And then when you do go out, people don't even know what's going on with you. So there were a number of years there where I actually hid. And so I lost contact with all those people in that industry. And, and it's kind of a shame, but it, you know, by the time I was halfway through the school of spiritual psychology, I was also taking a spiritual life coach training program online and my professors were referring clients to me. Mm -hmm. So but most of my clients at that time, and so it's interesting, you, most of your clients are 20 or 30, right? And most yeah. of my clients were in their 50s, yeah, 40 and up, because they were the people that were on the borderline of having that midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And my job was to help them not, you know, but they were having the same issue I did. I mean, my thought was, how do you go from 20 years of, of building yourself up in this field and having all these contacts to something else. How do you start over at that age? And so a lot of my clients have 401ks and you know all these retirement funds and they have medical insurance from their employers at jobs they absolutely hate. Mm -hmm. so my job is to work on all those subconscious beliefs that are in, in place and those are run pretty deep to get them to be able to open up. I mean, one of my very first clients my very first client was a pharmaceutical rep who I met at a party and she was miserable. She was having migraines. She was making six figures a year, but she hated her life. She'd go home from work at one or two in the afternoon and go to bed because she was so depressed. And after six months of coaching with me, because I had asked her, what do you love? And she, and she really was an artist. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But she had never, ever really tried to sell her work. Within six months, she had her first showing. I think she sold $4,000 worth of art in a weekend out of her wow. home. Yeah. And she's, she's gone on to do amazing things with art, with health coaching, with, you know, like all this stuff that she never would have done if she had stayed stuck in those mm -hmm. old, old paradigms, old programs, old stories. So it still is. I don't care. I love that shaman, but it still is amazingly wonderful to help people heal. Now I get to do it with art and with the coaching yeah. and with epigenetic prescriptions. So, yeah. Yeah. So what does a day in the life of Laurie look like at the moment? What's wow. happening currently? What are you working on? What's coming up in the near future? Well, you know, it, every day is different. 
because some days I coach. What I did find, Becky, is that I couldn't do the coaching and the channeling of the art on the same days because it was like, it would make me crazy. I'd be exhausted by the end of the day trying to be in my, in my left brain and my right brain and keep flipping back and forth. So I just set aside certain days as channeling days, certain si days as coaching days, certain days as marketing days. And that's kind of the way it's been for the last um, couple of years. And, you know, I also teach, I teach social painting classes that are actually, we call them angels in art and wine, oh my, because it's really an intuitive painting class. So some days are that. And, um, and now for the, the last message that I've been getting is, it, it, I've had this vision for 10 years. But the, the messages have gotten stronger and stronger and stronger that I am to create pillars of light. And these pillars of light are, are an art installation, if you will. And they're, so I have this, this little tiny prototype. So that you can see this is like a, just a rectangular plexiglass mm -hmm. tube. So, but picture that nine feet tall. So I've been told, I've been given a vision of actually putting glass paints on this. So painting with glass paints, which are um, transparent, if you will. They're bright and beautiful, but you can see through them. Mm -hmm. Because the whole idea is like stained glass, that the light coming through actually enhances the artwork. And I'm to use um, glitter paints and Swarovski crystals. And then I'm supposed to put them on a base and uplight them. And my vision, visions have been that the light will actually go out, like on an angle, so that it'll come, like if you imagine like putting it in a room, like the light would just, the light and the colors would be everywhere. And then the lights will go on and off to music and they will, it'll turn. And it's like, somebody said to me, so did they give you a blueprint? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, no, but I didn't know how to draw, and I have art in 26 countries, so yeah. I'm sure. And so all I kept saying was, all right, but I need an art studio. I can't, like, do this where I'm currently living. I didn't have the space mm -hmm. to create something like that. And so I just held this vision. You know, I think it was a year ago, um, Dr. Darren was coaching some of us and and he suggested that we make vision boards yeah. and i i never put it on paper but i cut out all the pictures and half the pictures were of art studios in amazing beautiful locations with lots and lots of windows and light and i put it in this folder and i just pulled it out this weekend because i was getting this hit that i needed to create a vision board so so i pulled it out and i went oh my god because I'm creating the vision board in this new art studio that mm -hmm. I'm sitting in right now. And the entire south and west walls are all glass. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now I can do this. I've got 300 square feet of space that has all this amazing light. And, you know, and it came through so serendipitously that, you know, my friend who, who's actually leasing me this space just looked at me and he said look this is this is it's a god thing we got the space for like such a great price and i can help you and i am because i'm supposed to mm -hmm. 
And I know it's a God thing, right? Because I know I needed the space to do what it is. So stay tuned. But this is something now, this isn't necessarily going to be something people are going to put on their walls. Maybe we'll make smaller ones at some point that people can. But we're talking, you know, nine foot plus the pedestal. Yeah. I'm, I'm envisioning this in hospitals and medical centers. Yeah, beautiful. You know, and in the lobby, you know, so when people come in, this, this healing energy just hits them immediately. I would love to get an installation at the United Nations. Yeah. That's a vision that I have as well, because I know from the power of the artwork I've already done, that the power of the energy going into these is going to be like spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm, you know, I'm also looking for a patron to help fund that major <laughs> art installation. And, and I'm just trusting, I guess, you know, what's the constant in my life? is blind faith and trust. Yeah. And that's not easy for anybody. No. But blind faith and trust. I mean, who who ends up with an art studio above a dental office? I mean, like, you know, I guess I do. <laughs> yeah. And that's the power of, you know, intention and manifestation and focusing um, and following our heart's desire. You know, it, all of those things brought together and just staying true to it, you know, and just envisioning it. Like, it's just incredible. I know each year, um, you know, like when Mick and I go back to boot camp when Dr. Darren comes over um, and I love setting intentions and visions for the next 12 months, but I also love reflecting back on what we set for ourselves as our goals, you know, 12 months ago, because majority of them have been, um, created, you know, whether it's physical things um, or whether it's a feeling or a state of a relationship or anything like that, you know, it's just, it's universal law and um, it's just how it works. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's so exciting. So are you able to share with people where they can find you? And I'll also put links to your website and social media and everything like at the bottom of this podcast too. But are you able to share with people how they can get in touch with you? Um, Website, Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook, it's Lori Daniel Falk is um, how I'm referred to on Facebook. And um, you can also email me at Lori, which is L-O-R-I dot Falk, F-A-L-K at me, M-E dot com. That's the easiest way probably for people in Australia to get a hold of me or Messenger on Facebook for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then the websites, I have two of them. Wisdomoftheangels.com is where you'll find the art. You'll find almost everything on that site. It's just that it's a little difficult to navigate. So I pulled the, the coaching and the epigenetic piece into a new site, which is headtoherthealing.com. And that has a link back to the other site. So if you get to the new site, you can always find the, uh, the Wisdom of the Angels site. Um, and the Wisdom of the Angels site is currently being redone. I, I got to tell you, my web gal is just amazing. When I started working with her, she had just been diagnosed with a really um, – severe autoimmune issue, which was also very rare. And they put her on some meds that they said she'd have to be on for a year. And they were really heavy meds. And she just 
was like, I don't want to be on them. So it was kind of, that was another a God thing, right? Like I fell into her life and she fell into my life at the same time. And, um, and how beautiful to be able to do my work for the person who's creating my site so that energetically she absolutely knew the power of the work I would, was doing. And so we started with an epigenetic prescription to get that autoimmune issue under control. And two months later, she goes back to the doctor, they do blood work, and they reduce her medications by 50%. Mm -hmm. And the doctor goes, like, I have no idea what you're doing, because this is, this is off the charts crazy, but it's working. Yep. So, and, and so we got that website done. And we were no sooner live with headtohearthealing.com. And she said, okay, now we're redoing Wisdom of the Angels. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the new site's going to be probably coming up. Um, let's see, what is it, March? Probably, probably sometime in April. Yeah. Cool. That'll go live. But you'll still be able to get to it get to either one right now so that's the main thing yeah and and zoom is such a wonderful thing i mean we can if they're interested in epigenetic prescriptions or portraits or coaching you know any of it it's all can be done via zoom and actually you know i used to do a lot of phone work with people around the country and now i ask them to do it on zoom because there's so much more when you can see and look into their eyes Yep. I can read their energy much better than just on the phone. So, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. All right. One last question before we finish up. What is one thing that we can do every day to be the best us? <sighs> Wake up in the morning and know that it's a new day and know that you are surrounded by divine energy, angels, guides, your higher self, that you're not in it alone, that you do, don't have to do it yourself, and, and ask to be inspired, ask to be shown, ask to be guided. Because the one thing I've learned in all the years of teaching angel communication is that they can't intervene because we live on the earth plane and we have free will, they can't intervene our, on our behalf unless we ask. So wake up every day and ask to be guided and ask to be inspired and expect to get an answer and know that you're never alone. Mm -hmm. And it's just that saying, isn't it? Ask and you shall receive. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, as someone who's dealt with depression, I got to tell you, it's not always easy to manage your emotions. Yeah. That's when you rely on outside assistance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time, Laurie. I've so enjoyed this conversation and I'm really excited to um, connect a bit more and, yeah, work together. And then um, if we can definitely film it and be able to share that with the world um, as well, I think would be really, really cool. So I have no doubt everybody will be seeing and hearing from us together again very soon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thanks so much for your time and sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge. Um, it's been so nice to connect and, um, yeah, really excited to do more in the future. Yes, thank you, Becky. I always enjoy being with you and I'm honoured that you would interview me about my work. And I just say to all of the people out there who are listening to this, I'm only a message away if you need me.
Yeah, absolutely. And I can vouch for that. You always are. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Infinite love and gratitude. Infinite love and gratitude. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you head over to iTunes, click subscribe and leave me a review. I'd also love to connect with you via social media. Just search Becky Taylor, Transformational Coach on all platforms and you'll find me. My website is beckytaylor.com and if you'd like to get in touch with me directly, shoot me an email on info at beckytaylor.com. Until next time, keep shining your light. Infinite love and gratitude.